0: Everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I had slow feet growing up, athletically, and coaches they they kind of got in my grill and told me I needed to purchase a jump rope, which I did, and I started skipping rope. How many people in here enjoy skipping rope? Well, not very many because it's really hard. I understand that. It'll, it'll mess you up. Ten minutes of jumping rope will wear you out. I thought I would try to jump some rope today and show you a trick that a boxer taught me several years ago. Well, I can tell you'd like for me to demonstrate that. I can tell by your enthusiasm, but I'll go ahead and do it. Now these are shoes too, dress shoes, so so you gotta help a brother out. That's it. That's it. That's it. So today for a fifty-five year old, my feet are pretty quick. They are. Jumping rope. The rope is the standard. In other words, when when I use this rope, it it pretty much flies under my feet, it, and, and, and because it flies under my feet, that means I'm in the air, so I jump and I land. I leap and I land. This is the standard. The Bible is the standard for what we should land on and what we should leap over. It sounds a little bit unique, but when you really consider it, it's not. Most of us don't jump right. Most of us don't skip enough. Most of us don't hop through life. This book, the Bible, teaches us, in no uncertain terms, how to land on the significant and skip over the superfluous. Isn't it true that a lot of us spend too much time stuck in the secondary of life and we miss the primary. If we go through life, if we follow what God wants for our lives, and God wants the best for our lives, we will have the discernment and the opportunity to skip over the superfluous, land on the significant, and the significant will always lead to the magnificent. Because the Bible says our priorities basically are God's principles. And we should commit, it's your choice in mind, to carry these things out. So God's principles are my priorities, whether I like them or not. And by commitment, I carry them out. When God says no in your life and mine, He says no for your protection. When God says yes, He says it for our perfection. We have to know the no's and know the yeses. Well, there's a guy in the Bible named Moses, and many times we think about Moses and we think, well, I mean, come on, Ed, seriously, how can I relate to this guy? Movies were made about him. People named their kids after Moses. He's in the hall of faith. He was one of the great men of God to ever live, and all that is true, yet, The Bible tells us that Moses struggled with some of the issues that we all deal with. And today, I want to kind of get into some of those issues because he had a tough time skipping, he had a tough time hopping, and a tough time jumping. Someone was able to get up in his grill and tell Moses, Hey, Moses, here's what God has in store for you. And, and if, you, if you wake up and smell the coffee, if you begin to allow the Bible to be your standard, you can land on the most important stuff, the primary, and skip over the secondary. But Moses, this guy said, you're stuck in the secondary. Israel, God's chosen people, the Jews, had been freed up. From, from Egyptian slavery. They've been en- enslaved for 400 long years. Moses led them through the Red Sea, God parted it, and they were on their way, the Bible says, to the Promised Land. What's so funny about this trip is, it would take you know a couple of guys backpacking, maybe two days to walk from the Red Sea to where Moses was camped, but it took the Israelites Two months. And you would think that the people would be so excited. You would think they would go, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. We're freed up from slavery, but people get negative. Have you ever noticed that? If you get people together anywhere, anytime, we have a tendency to go a little bit rogue, to complain, to whine. And God's people, the children of Israel, it was, like, it was like taking your kids, mom and dad, on a road trip. Here, you had, you had 600,000 men, probably about 2 million people total, and God's people, after God had miraculously parted the Red Sea, what did they say? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I want something to drink. And they complained to Moses. Moses told God about it. And God said, Moses, see that two by four you have? Throw it in the water, the brackish water, and like that, the brackish water turned sweet, and all of the people were watered. Well then, a little while later, I'm hungry! Moses, I'm hungry! I need some food! God rained down the Hebrew Happy Meal from heaven. Manna, and more manna, and more manna, and more manna. And and it was like, I mean, look at these miracles. Then again, Moses I'm thirsty. The happy meals made me thirsty. And Moses struck a rock with his, the, the rod of God. And then water started flowing there. So you would think these people, you think like, come on guys, this is a joke. God's taking care of you. He's guiding you in a supernatural way. And you're hating on Moses. You, you want to kill Moses. You want to slam Moses. You want to jam Moses? And I'll bet you at this point, Moses was probably going, I'm tired of the drama and the trauma. Yet Moses, though, made a mistake. And I'm kind of reading in a little bit to scripture, but as I, as I look at this, Moses made a serious error because if you read about it, Moses' wife, Zephora, was not with him. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but Moses' wife, Zephora, had, had opened a chain of stores that sold cosmetics all over the Middle East. So, Zipporah was not there, nor were Moses' kids. He had sent him to People, that's Jethro, in Midian. And I think Moses made a serious mistake, and it's a mistake that, that guys make a lot. Husbands make a lot fathers make a lot. Well, I've got to do my work and there's no way, you know, with, with the wife and the kids and it, you know, it's kind of more important than, than that situation. I truly believe that being a husband and a father is more challenging than leading the nation of Israel. I really believe it. So, so, so that's what has been in play. So the children of Israel have experienced all these miracles. Now the Amalekites attack, and, and, and the Israelites just opened up a can on them. What's, what's so ironic and what's so intriguing about the Amalekites, and, and, and please stay with me, Moses got, got on this mountain and when his hands were lifted, the Israelites were winning in the battle. His hands got tired and his boys, uh, Aaron and Hur put some rocks under his elbows to keep his hand lifted to assist him. That's that's a that's a, that's a cool thing, because maybe just maybe you're you're a parent, and, and you feel like wow I'm just worn out I'm tired, the, the the pace this NASCAR pace of life is wearing me out. Keep your hands lifted, concentrate on your walk with God. That's the most important thing, and we're going to talk about this. The Bible says it. God says it. We're designed to walk with God. We're designed to follow Him. We're designed. To have him first and to put the most offensive energy in our lives toward our relationship with him. And when we do that, man, great things will happen. We'll have discernment and wisdom and perspective. When we don't, wow, we're gonna get stuck in the superfluous. So after this victory, after the Israelites had kicked the you know what out of the Amalekites. Everything was, was kind of going great. And, and this is something that you'll see in your life. Usually, after the major events, after the victory, is when the enemy attacks the most. As I think about the baptism of Jesus, after the baptism of Jesus, he was driven out and was tempted. So, so, so be careful, be watchful when great things happen because the enemy so often wants to strike during that time. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 18, and I'm gonna read uh, some of verses eight through 20. The first thing I want you to notice in in verse eight is the first thing we should do, and let me talk to the families for a second, let me me talk to the fathers for a second, the husbands, the, the single parents. The first thing we should do is we should disciple our family first. That's the first thing we should do. And Moses was missing it. He was. Zephorah, the kids were with People, Jethro. And, and, and so after everything had, had, had broken out, Jethro came to visit Moses. So Roe came to visit Mo and and he brought the grandkids with him. And maybe just maybe after a couple of weeks, the grandkids were kind of driving him crazy. I don't know, you know, maybe some of those family dynamics were taking place. So Zephora was there. The the, the grandkids were there. And, and, and we see Jethro and the whole family being reunited together in the desert at the base of Mount Sinai. A lot of information. Mount Sinai, of course, is where uh, uh, God uh, gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments. So when Moses saw Jethro, they had this great conversation. He told Jethro the good, the bad, the ugly. He also told Jethro the great things that God had done. And Jethro, because he was a priest of Midian, was not a follower of the Lord. As you read this, and you can see the tenor and the tone of this conversation. Jethro became a follower of the Lord because he basically said, verse 11, Now I know, Mo, that the Lord is greater than all the other gods. And if you look in verses verses 8, 9, and 10, you'll see the word saved. You'll see the word rescue several times. The Bible is a book of the rescue. It's a book of the rescue. When, When someone becomes a Christian, when I became a Christian, I was rescued. The children of Israel were rescued from slavery. Moses talked about that. People heard about that. If you're a believer, you have a rescue story. Just like the children of Israel were rescued from Egyptian slavery, we've been rescued by God's grace out of slavery of sin, and we should tell people about that. And When we tell people about that, I believe amazing things will happen. You know, when you pray, and, and something that I do when I, when I pray regularly is, I will say, God, you know what? I'm going to meet people today, and they have something to say to me. They have something that I need. Help me to receive that. But also, God, I have things that other people need in my life. And I don't know who I'm going to run into today, but give me the wisdom to do that. And when you do that, you'll hear rescue stories. You'll be a part of the rescue, and you'll be able to share your rescue story. But first, you've got to do what? You've got to disciple your family. and, and, and Jethro, old people shows up, and, 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 and Moses' father-in-law was, was, was going to really give him some great words of advice. So Moses' father-in-law had Moses' best interests in mind. He wanted what was best for Zipporah, his daughter. He wanted what's best for the grandkids. And so often people with fresh eyes can give us a fresh perspective. Notice too in verse 12, Jethro celebrated God along with Moses and Aaron and the great things that God had done and was doing. That's why it's important, as I say all the time around here, to have your daily devotions with God, also to make sure that you. Lean in, and you get in the habit of coming to church regularly. Think about this corporate worship. Now, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, read verse twelve. Brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. He didn't. He didn't give it. He didn't give it. No, no. He 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 brought it, and that's why when we talk about financial generosity, we talk about we bring the tithe. The word tithe is ten percent. I don't give my tithe, because first of all, it's not mine to give, and, 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 and secondly, it's, it, it's, it's a tithe to God that I bring, that God has gotten to me. So God has gotten it to me, and now he wants to get it through me as I bring it. So we have this whole concept of bringing it right here. So those are some things that we're seeing already in Moses' life. We're, 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 we're seeing the family come together. We're seeing Jethro began to speak into his life. Well, how did this happen? Jethro got Moses to talk. If you want to speak into someone's life, if you want to give someone advice, you have to get them to tell you when and how and what they should speak about. You've, you've got to understand the information. You've got to get the 411 from them. You have to get them talking because if you don't know the context and if you don't have the right information, you're not going to know what to share. So, so Jethro, the next day, he gets up. Moses gets up, and Moses sits. He puts his big rear in a chair, and, and squillions of people were lined up because Moses said... In, in the book of Exodus chapter 18, I've got to hear all the disputes, all of the grumblings and whinings from all of the people. Now, now, now Moses had dealt with a lot of drama. He'd taken this road trip from, from uh, the Red Sea all the way into the desert. They had complained. They would grumbled. They'd whine, they, 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 they wanted to kill him. And now he's just a, a victim of the tyranny of the urgent. I want to do, Moses said, what the people want me to do. Let me stop. That is a leadership fail. A leader does not do what the people or the family wants. No, no, no. A leader takes people where they need to go, not where they want to go. Because your family, for example, doesn't always know where they need to go. And if you decided to run your family by what your family wanted to do, the most immature would outvote you, and every meal would be a happy meal at McDonald's. Does that make sense? So you have to lead people not where they want to go, but where they need to go. That's what Moses was doing right here. And that's what we have to do even in our family, gentlemen. Even in our family, I'm talking to a single parent, even in our family, mom, even at the company, even at the hospital, even on the team, because, because uh, 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 we, we get all that confused. We think, okay, I'll just do what people want me to do. Well, well, well That's what totally messed Mo up, and he lost his momentum. That's why Roe said, yo, we're going we're gonna to straighten you out. So, so, so Ro asked Moses two questions. He got him talking, and, and I like what he didn't say. Verse 14, he said, what is this you're doing for the people, and why do you alone sit as judge trying to handle all of these situations? Now you know he was biting his tongue, because what I would have said, Moses, have you lost your mind? You are going to fry. You cannot do this. It's ridiculous. What. That would have been totally wrong. I'm sure Roe was thinking that, but he didn't say that. He said, Moses, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And Moses began to give him his reason and rationale. And basically he says, well, I I like all the personal pronouns. He's like the prince of personal pronouns. Verses 15 and 16. Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. I've got to do it. I'm the only one to do it. If you want it done right, you've got to do it. Yet he was and, and Roe told him this, Moses, you're burning yourself out, you're burning your family out, and you're burning, burning the people out who were standing around waiting in line. Again, fresh eyes. Who do you listen to when it comes to advice? Basically, I can interview your four friends and I can tell what kind of person you are by your four best friends. You're the sum total, I'm the sum total of my four best friends. Moses has some great friends, he had Roe, he had Aaron, he had her, he had Joshua, you could throw in Caleb, maybe some others, but about, let's just talk about those first four. These are some great people. And, and Moses was smart enough, and I pray that you're smart enough to listen to advice. What did Roe do? Roe said, Hey, Moe, you got to get some organization, brother. You have got to get organized. So Roe said to, 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 to Mo hey, yo, you got to get organized. Or you could say, Ro said to Mo, hey, bro, get organized. I knew I'd find a rhyme somewhere. Moses' father-in-law replied after Moses gave him the context for advice. And this works in business, ladies. This works in business, guys. This works on the Little League team. This works in the church because it's Bible. Okay, it works everywhere. Works in marriage, works in parenting. It works, it works. He, his father-in-law were pride, all right? What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. And, and this is the, the, the great pull. If you've missed any of these talks, watch them on fellowshipchurch.com. This is the urgent versus the important. Most of us live by the urgent as opposed to the important. The important is what we do. It's the important stuff we do first. Because if you live by the tyranny of the urgent, you'll be stuck for a long, long time in the superfluous and miss the significant. He says, the work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Listen to me now and I'll give you some advice. May God be with you. And here's the order. And he basically says, Moses, only do what only you can do. Say that with me. Only do what only you can do. What are your priorities? They're mentioned in scripture. The principles of God are your priorities. We've gotta be committed. To them, And, and here's, here's three of them that we're going to find out. And there are three in Moses' life, and there's three in your life, and there's three in my life. Number one, number one, concentrate on your walk with God. What did Rose say to Mo? He said simply, you got to be God's representative, Moses. I'm God's representative. You're God's representative. I represent. I can, as a believer and I should, represent Jesus. So you're God's representative where you go to school. You're God's representative at work. You're God's representative at home. You're God's representative to your brother and sister. I'm God's representative. You're God's representative. That, that's a priority. Number two, another one, communicate the Word of God. Communicate the Word of God. Rose said Moe, okay, you're to be God's representative. Only do what only you can do, 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 the, do the big stuff delegate the rest to these people who are just standing around. Communicate, communicate, communicate the Word of God. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways are better than our ways. So I'm communicating God's Word as I live my life. So are you. The third thing, I'm to demonstrate the ways of God. I'm to live it out. Information without application is an abomination. You know, it's great to learn The Bible. It's great to know theology. We have to know it. So so that's one of the reasons that I did this series. Another one was it just speaking to my life about some of these about some of these issues. Well, Moses got his game in order, and I've got to ask you something. Let me talk to the families. Would you say your family is in order? You have a little baby. That little baby is screaming for order, literally. Put the baby down. Not when the baby's ready, but when you're ready. Order. I mean, the moment the doctor slaps them on the butt, start training them. How about your toddlers? How about those in junior high or in high school? Being a parent is giving away. It's delegating more and more responsibility. As I've said before, even in marriage, there's delegation. Equal in form, unique in function. Are you, are you delegating in that manner? Are you leading? Are you communicating? Are you representing? Are you demonstrating in, in this endeavor? Because I'm telling you, the, the, the family is where it's at. Fellowship Church is a, is a highly creative church. And, and, and it blows me away, the creativity we have here from, from every slice of fellowship. Well, how, how do we have creativity? We have great order. You see, creativity emerges from order. You don't create your way into order. You have order, then you have creativity. And creativity in marriage and family is, is romance. So just a just a thought. And the great thing about it is Moses listened, he took advice, and I want to leave you with two scriptures. And just and just make these your own. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them but the wise listen to advice. You hear with your ears, you listen with your brain. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Who are you listening to? Listen to men and women of God. Who are you listening to? People who've been there, done that, now what? People that have the coffee mug, the tank top, and the t-shirt. Listen to people like that. Listen to people with skins on the wall. Listen to people who've lived the life. Listen to people who have their lives in order, and God will show you how to hop, skip, and jump. Thank you for listening.